The opinions expressed during this program are solely the opinions of the hosts, guests, and callers. They do not necessarily represent the views of the advertisers, management, staff, or ownership of WCTC. WCTC Sound Advice presents NJ Law Talk with Ken Verkamen. NJ Law Talk, the weekly program focused on the law from a Jersey perspective. Now, here's your host for NJ Law Talk, Ken Verkamen. Good evening, Central Jersey. This is Ken Verkamen, and we're here for our weekly Tuesday show, NJ Law Talk. And my special guest star this week is attorney Eric Mark, and uh, he's going to talk a little bit about criminal law and uh, and immigration. Good evening, Eric. Good evening, Ken. Thanks for having me. So, let's see. No one plans on having a criminal charge. No one plans on getting arrested. But people do People do dumb stuff all, all the time. And, uh, you know, typically if someone's charged with a criminal offense, it's a good idea, you know, once they're released, they're bailed out, uh, sit down with a good attorney. And at least in my office, uh, what we do is we'll schedule an appointment. We email them a questionnaire because just about everyone on the planet has email now. Um, if someone doesn't have email, either usually they're not telling the truth or, uh, or they're, 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 they're from a different planet. Um, and we look at the, the questionnaire, you know, we look at things such as like, their priors, uh, you know what what the original charge is, but there's there's now a um, an important question on the questionnaire, and the question is, let's say, are are you a U.S. citizen? And uh, so, um, in um, if someone's charged with a municipal court offense, because in, uh, how is that going to affect their immigration status? Uh, well, uh, municipal court charges are still criminal charges. And they have the ability to affect uh, a non-citizen status. Um, I wish I could give you like a really simple answer and say it's going to be bad, it's going to be okay. But uh, it, of course, depends on the the, the the defendant's immigration status. Or do they have no status? Do they own a visa? Do they have a green card? And on the charges, what kind of charges are we talking about? Are they domestic violence charges? Are they what we call crimes of moral turpitude, things like theft and shoplifting. Now, you use the magic word no no status is what that's a politically correct term for like a illegal. Um, mm. Well, I would say that illegal is a non politically correct okay, term yeah. for <laughs> for yeah. uh, for no status. Yes, okay. but it means somebody who has no no is not recognized to have legal status in the United States under an. Now, if um, and just so the listeners know, um, municipal courts in New Jersey handle simple assault, small drug offenses like you know marijuana. Uh, they will handle a uh, shoplifting charge, uh, lesser theft charges, uh, and um, you know they disorderly conduct things like that. The uh, superior court handles uh, more 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 serious charges. Uh, uh, now. Let's touch a, a little bit upon the a domestic. If someone's charged with a, a simple assault, and uh, um, it's resulting out of a domestic violence, why is that much more serious from an immigration standpoint than just some guy who's like drank too much at the bar and got in a fight at the bar? Um, it's a good question, and the answer is that domestic violence is a separate category. It's its own category of removability or deportability. Uh, in immigration law. So an offense that, let's say, you and I, who are not domestic, uh, wouldn't qualify as domestic under the New Jersey state law, uh, if I were to, you know, attack you with my, my paper cup here and get charged with simple assault, it's just simple assault. It's not domestic violence. So it wouldn't, 
it, it's considered a simple, but a simple assault between a husband and a wife or roommates, people who fall under the domestic violence law, that carries its own separate ground of removability, even for permanent residents. Um, so e even people with legal status can lose that status for what is otherwise a minor offense if it's domestic violence related. So uh, you mentioned the word roommates. Let's say there's two people that there are roommates at, at Rutgers. Let's say, and uh, one of them uh, is a student uh, that they're from uh, China or, or another country. Let's say that's worse for them. It certainly is going to, yeah, it's certainly going to put their, well, anyone on a visa, let's say, you know, any charges, any charge is going to jeopardize a visa. But um, yeah, anyone who's not a citizen having that domestic violence charge as part of their um, considerations is, is going to, it's going to be worse for them. One thing to point out, though, is it has to fall, New Jersey's domestic violence is very broad, uh, and immigration law is a federal body of law. So what not everything that New Jersey considers to be domestic violence is necessarily domestic violence under federal law. And so there may be a little bit of leeway there, but um, yeah, domestic violence is definitely more pressure for a non-citizen. Now in, in my office, uh, you know, people come in, um, my office is in Edison and people come in all the time for criminal cases. Sometimes they want to bring their, their spouse or family member. And uh, what I'll typically do is I will um, sit down for a minute or two, go over some of the parameters, then, I guess, then I'll say, listen, I'm going to excuse everyone because um, there's an attorney-client privilege and i got to ask a couple specific questions. And then I kick the, the family members out of the room and I'll say, okay, now, now you got to tell me what really happened. Uh, especially when sometimes the um, kid is brought in by, their, by his dad. Always and, with and, the parents. Yeah, and, it does, <laughs> and, and they don't want to tell, tell dad what happened. One time, um, I, you know, we sent the mom out and I said, said to the kid, okay, we you you don't have any priors. We can probably get you a conditional discharge on your drug case. And the kid goes, I already have a conditional discharge that I'm on right now, but don't tell my mom. Now, whatever someone tells me, whatever someone tells you, that that's privilege forever. You know, unless they give a written authorization saying discuss it. You know, you can discuss it with, with someone else. So, but if someone retains at least our office in Edison on a criminal charge, we send a letter of representation to the court. We send a letter requesting discovery to the county, um, to the municipal prosecutor. Now, sometimes there's matters that are what's called indictable. Um, you know, a, aggravated assault, uh, they are shoplifting over $500, uh, you got terroristic threats and um, thefts of over $500. It's still up to the county prosecutor. They can remand it back to the municipal court. If someone doesn't have any priors in a criminal charge, they can get uh, in municipal court a what's called a conditional dismissal. Uh, we in my office, we make a motion to the judge. They've gotten fingerprinted. We explain that they only get it once in their life. In superior court, it's uh, PTI, pretrial intervention. Now, let's go back to the, the immigration part. Let's say uh, um, if someone gets a, the first offenders program such as PTI, pretrial intervention, Let's say, uh, um, that, how does that affect them with their immigration status? Um, so there's three different in New Jersey, uh, as you well know. We have three different um, what they call, uh, we have conditional discharge. That's for drugs, uh, that's for small drugs. That's for drugs in municipal court. We have conditional dismissal, which is for non-drugs in municipal court. Um, and we have PTI, which is for indictable offenses. Um, 
the conditional dismissal is different than the other two because it requires a plea agreement, uh, a, 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 an admission of guilt, an admission of facts in the court. So under immigration law, even if you don't have a conviction under state law as results from these three programs, if you were placed on probation, which all three of these programs place you on probation, um, and you admitted the facts that constitute the offense, uh, you're gonna it's going to be considered a, a conviction under immigration law. So PTI with no admission of guilt is great for immigration. Uh, conditional uh, discharge with no admission of guilt is great for immigration. Conditional dismissal, uh, where you have to enter a plea agreement, a, pl a guilty plea, is not helpful at all for immigration. So do, do um, you in your office, do you, uh, do you sit down for a fee and meet with people that have pending criminal charges that are represented by an attorney who doesn't have experience in that field where they say, listen, I can't tell you what all the ramifications of immigration. Do you sit down with people for a fee and uh, discuss that with them? Yeah, usually what happens is the criminal lawyer, um, the criminal defense lawyer uh, tells them, listen, you're not a citizen. You, you have some issues that need to be resolved. And why don't you, you know, why don't you call this guy? Uh, why don't you give Eric a call and discuss this? And what I'll do is I, I, I basically look at it as a three-part process. I speak with the defendant, with the client, about his, his immigration history. I speak with the criminal defense lawyer about the, about the charges because it's hard to rely on someone to know about the charges. The criminal defense lawyer is the expert, and he can give me a better assessment. And then I write uh, to both, uh, both parties, the client and the criminal defense lawyer, a breakdown of this is the charges and these are the consequences. These are the potential resolutions by plea agreement, and these are the outcomes. And that way everyone's on the same page. There's no questions. And uh, the criminal defense lawyer can take the appropriate steps in the, in the criminal courts. I recall there was a major uh, federal United States Supreme Court case where uh, it permitted certain defendants to make a post-conviction motion to vacate their guilty pleas because they were not told by their attorney that they could be removed from the country or it would affect them. Right. You know, and it was based upon uh, a case where a fellow was in, I think he was, he was in the United States for 20 years and he asked the attorney, will this affect me staying here? And the attorney goes, nah, nah, you've been here a long time, don't worry about it. And the attorney was completely wrong. Correct. You know, so, um, you know, so part of my advice when I sit down with someone, he goes, you don't want to ask me the questions dealing with immigration because that's not my expertise. I can answer criminal questions, but sit down with, some, you know, don't guess, don't rely upon what you read on the internet or in a book, you got to really sit down with someone that has some kind of some kind of knowledge. Now, when we come back from our break, I'd say we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, how um, a criminal charge will affect someone's immigration status. Uh, but later on, we will address like uh, some of the like, uh, uh, proposed like uh, or the, the the current Obama administration, you know, uh, you know, guidelines that Congress is trying to uh, fight him on. Let's see. Um, this is Ken Verkam, and I'm with uh, my special guest star this week is attorney Eric Mark. Of uh, and uh, his main office is in Newark, New Jersey, because you know you got to go where the business is at, and a lot of people there uh, need need help there. We're here every Tuesday night. My law office is in Edison on Woodbridge Avenue, and our office phone number is seven three two dash five seven two dash o five o o.
I'm a paid non-attorney spokesperson. When you need a lawyer, remember this. Call Ken Verkamen. No matter what your legal need may be, wills and living wills, powers of attorney, probate, estate planning, traffic matters, criminal charges, call Ken Verkamen. Mr. Verkamen is a well-known attorney with offices in Edison at 2053 Woodbridge Avenue. He's author of the American Bar Association's Wills and Estate Administration. He established NJLaws.com, and he's the chair of the ABA Estate Planning and Law Committee. Hundreds of clients know him for the work he's done for them or from one of his many speaking engagements around the state. Call 732-572-0500. That's 732-572-0500 for the law offices of Ken Verkamen or on the web at njlaws.com. Ken Verkamen, the lawyer you want when it's a lawyer you need. Call 732-572-0500 and leave your legal matters to Ken Verkamen. The selection of an attorney is an important decision. If you find anything false or misleading in this ad, report it to the Committee on Attorney Advertising. CN037, Trenton, New Jersey, 08625. Hi, this is Anthony Locasio, certified financial planner professional for 34 years. I want to be your personal guardian of wealth. We can customize a retirement plan to defend your wealth and enjoy your current lifestyle. You worked your entire life to save for retirement. I can counsel you on investments and how your investments affect your taxes. I'm confident I can help. You just need to call Anthony Locasio Consulting at 1-800-269-9329. Registered representatives in this office are registered with and securities offered through Kovac Securities, Inc., member FINRA CIPIC, 1350 Church. Street Extension Northeast, third floor, Marietta, Georgia, 30060-770-319-1970. Anthony Locasio offers financial planning and investment advisory services offered through C2P Capital Advisory Groups, LLC, DBA. Prosperity Capital Advisors, PCA, an SEC-registered investment advisor with its principal place of business in the state of Ohio. Anthony Locasio is registered as an investment advisor representative of PCA in the state of New Jersey. Anthony Locasio Consulting, LLC, is not affiliated with Kovac Securities, Inc. or PCA. Checking WCTC traffic delays on 287 southbound from exit 6 to 3 and again approaching the turnpike delays on 24 eastbound approaching 78. This report brought to you by the Foundation for a Better Life. Winston Churchill's words stirred his country in the face of defeat. Today they inspire us to reach for our own victories. Commitment, pass it on from the Foundation for a Better Life at values.com. 50 mile an hour speed limit on the turnpike and parkway. 20 degrees. I'm Adam Walski, WCTC Traffic Update. Now the 1450 WCTC forecast. We'll have a flurry or snow shower this evening, then mostly cloudy and cold, with lows dropping to the upper teens to around 20. More clouds and sunshine on Wednesday. Windy. We could see an afternoon snow shower or flurry with highs in the mid-20s. Then Wednesday night will drop to 5 to 10 degrees with wind chills below zero. I'm meteorologist Mike Mahalik on 1450 WCTC. Now, more NJ Law Talk on 1450 WCTC and WCTCAM.com. Hello, this is attorney Ken Verkamen from Edison, New Jersey, and uh, um, we're here for our weekly Tuesday night radio show, and I'm uh, here with our special guest star, uh, attorney Eric Mark. Good evening again, Eric. Thanks, Ken. So now we're, we're we're discussing immigration, and uh, now we're talking about the Superior Court. And uh, um, one of the biggest charges, uh, most common charge in Superior Court, is uh, um, possession of drugs with the intent to distribute. Because the statute does not say selling drugs; it doesn't say drug dealer. It's possession with with intent to distri- distribute or or outright distribution. Um, so if someone 
um, you know, many times it's it's the younger, sometimes a college kid, or they're charged with the possession with intent to distribute based upon the way it's packaged, the amount of the drugs. I'd say, uh, um, what what's the difference between what they say when they plead guilty? Um, the difference can be very great, or it could really be insignificant. Again, in immigration law, it always depends what the person's status is. Um, but um, like we, there's a difference under federal law between selling uh, controlled substances and sharing controlled substances. So um, having, you know, having your party drug that you bring to the party and you're giving out uh, as a good gesture is different under, under the, the distribution laws under the federal law than it is if you're selling that item. Um, that being said, uh, any distribution charge, really any drug charge, um, is going to severely affect uh, a non-citizen status, even if it's not the worst possible scenario of selling drugs. Just the simple possession of it without the distribution, if it's anything other than a very small amount of marijuana, will cost you uh, your green card, your visa, and your ability to ever come back to the United States as well. So, what if someone if someone's like uh, as if they there's not really a defense. Uh, um, they've lost their suppression motion. They they haven't gotten into the pretrial intervention program. Um, if they're pleading guilty, um, it's better if as part of the plea allocution where they say uh, what my intent was to share the drugs with someone rather than to to sell them. Better yes, good no. It's kind of like uh, you know you're putting. Uh, Putting on, uh, you know, a Band-Aid on a broken bone, but yes, it would be better than admitting to selling it. Now, years ago, the word used to be deported. Uh, someone doesn't want to be deported. What's it called now? Now it's called removal. Uh, we call it removal proceedings and being removed from the United States. The, the, the term deportation is, uh, is legally has, is not uh, something we refer to, but it's still commonly, colloquially, for, hear it all yeah. the time. For someone who's charged with a criminal offense, is it uh, now, nowadays? We're in we're in 2015. Is it easier for um, the federal government to remove slash deport someone than it was 10 years ago? Was it more difficult? You know, honestly, Ken, um, I I wasn't doing immigration uh, defense 10 years ago, so I wouldn't be able to speak to that uh, fully educated. So I, you know. Um, it, I, but I, what I can tell you is just from being around the practice enough that um, there's uh, some things are easier and some things are more difficult. When they changed the law, um, what they did was they created this category of offense called aggravated felonies, which uh, I'm sure you're familiar with, uh, all criminal defense attorneys need to be. Um, basically now, if you have been convicted of, of an aggravated so what felony... So what are the aggravated felonies? Uh, there is a long list of aggravated felonies. The common ones. The common ones are crimes of violence where uh, you serve one year in, in jail, so aggravated assault. Um, firearms are their own category of aggravated felony. Any um, possession with intent, uh, unlawful possession uh, for an unlawful purpose of a, of a firearm. Um, simple possession of a firearm um, with no malicious intent can avoid the aggravated felony, but not necessarily. Um, drug distribution, 
is, is a huge one. Uh, theft of over $10,000 um, is is going to be fall into the aggregate. Those are probably the most common ones. Then there's a whole bunch of others. But now let's say let's say someone uh, is charged with a theft of fifteen thousand dollars and they plead guilty to theft of five thousand dollars. Let's see, um, are they still considered that over the ten thousand dollar amount because that was the original charge? Uh, no, it's the it's the conviction that uh, that's going to determine what what type of uh, offense it is for immigration law. Uh, and there's certain documents that th they can look at in immigration proceedings to, to make that determination. The starting point is the judgment of conviction. Um, after that, they will look at the indictment um, or other charging document, and they'll look at the plea allocution. Um, those are what they're pretty much limited to to make the determination. Now, we hear something called uh, uh, crimes of moral turpitude. And, uh, you, know, you, have, you know, a lot of people think of, like, child molesters and stuff like that but what, what's a what are some of the crimes of moral turpitude seemingly everything is a crime of moral turpitude when you're when you're in this world um the most common crime of moral turpitude is theft and and it's any type of theft where you where the offender has the intent to permanently deprive the other person so uh it's theft it's shoplifting it, anything that falls under those categories of offenses uh take your example from a few minutes ago you get charged with um theft of $15,000, but ultimately you plead to theft of $5,000, well, you might have removed yourself from the aggravated felony, uh, which is a good thing, but it's still a crime of moral turpitude because it's still a theft offense, which is going to, and that's going to create problems for, for a non-citizen. Um, hopefully resolvable problems, but still problems. Now, uh, in New Jersey, this is one of the few states where a DWI, driving under the influence, is not a criminal offense. Let's say... I mean, the penalties are certainly almost higher in New Jersey than other states where you're going to lose your license with no ability to get around for between, typically between seven months and 12 months, I'd say. But how does a DWI um, affect someone's uh, immigration status in New Jersey? Um, it's, DWIs are interesting um, because they let's say for a permanent resident or someone trying to become a permanent resident, a DWI is not a criminal offense and it's not going to prevent them from becoming a permanent resident. But um, it, there's a category of inadmissibility, a category of people who are ineligible for certain statuses that are um, basically based off of what they call a habitual drunkard. And so a DWI will affect that uh, consideration, for instance, you know, um, if you're applying for an immigrant visa and you've had a DWI within the last year, uh, you're probably not going to get it. How they get a, how do how do they how do they know? <laughs> I'd say, I mean, like if someone fills out a form and they uh, and then they get the DWI during that uh, uh, during that period of time, like, uh, but they didn't they didn't up their information. Does does the government check to see if they, they do? Got, Oh. They do, yeah. They t anytime you apply for a visa, they run a background check, a fingerprint background check, and they will ask you at your interview if anything has changed, if anything has happened uh, between the time you did the background check and the interview. And of course, you have an obligation to be honest, or you could be charged with fraud towards the federal government. And that's that's not a good that's not a good one either. That's not a good that's way to start here. Okay. To start here. When we come back from our break, we're going to talk. Uh, uh, we'll talk more about immigration criminal, but uh, later on we'll discuss like uh, some of the uh, new immigration uh, 
um, proposal. So this is NJ Law Talk. This is attorney Ken Verkamen. I'm on Woodbridge Avenue, Edison, New Jersey. And uh, our website is uh, njlaws.com. And uh, uh, we'll be back shortly. I'm a paid non-attorney spokesperson. When you need a lawyer, remember this. Call Ken Verkamen. No matter what your legal need may be, wills and living wills, powers of attorney, probate, estate planning, traffic matters, criminal charges, call Ken Verkamen. Mr. Verkamen is a well-known attorney with offices in Edison at 2053 Woodbridge Avenue. He's author of the American Bar Association's Wills and Estate Administration. He established NJLaws.com, and he's the chair of the ABA Estate Planning and Law Committee. Hundreds of clients know him for the work he's done for them or from one of his many speakers engagements around the state. Call 732-572-0500. That's 732-572-0500 for the law offices of Ken Verkamen or on the web at njlaws.com. Ken Verkamen, the lawyer you want when it's a lawyer you need. Call 732-572-0500 and leave your legal matters to Ken Verkamen. The selection of an attorney is an important decision. If you find anything false or misleading in this ad, report it to the Committee on Attorney Advertising. CN 037 Trenton, New Jersey 08625. The talk you want and the teams you love. On the voice of Central Jersey, 1450 WCTC, New Brunswick, a greater media station. AP Update, I'm Ross Simpson. The Army is searching for a suspect after a, quote, active shooter was reported running around a military hospital in El Paso, Texas. There's no information at this hour on casualties or arrests. However, the entire hospital complex and an adjacent VA hospital have been placed on lockdown. Stocks continue to do as the fall drop, rather, as the price of crude oil continues to fall. The Dow fell 130 points, NASDAQ down 60, S&P down 18. But plummeting oil prices are seen as a boon to the economy. It'll put literally hundreds of billions of dollars into consumers' pockets, and that money then can be spent on other things. So... It's a very positive contributor. Uh, some of the, the forecasts are that it may add uh, a half a percent or maybe even a full percent to U.S. US growth prospects in the future. Prudential Portfolio Manager Ed Keon. AP Update, I'm Ross Simpson. Welcome to the great big furniture store, ma'am. I saw your ad for mattresses. I didn't even know you sold mattresses. Oh, <laughs> we sell everything. So you know mattresses, right? Why, well, sorta of know mattresses. Sorta? Of? It's just a mattress. Sorta's of plenty good enough. Uh-uh. Sorta of not. Forget the amateurs. Trust the professionals. At Sleepy's, we know mattresses inside and out. It's all we do. Trust Sleepy's, the only mattress professionals. Sleepy's one-day mattress sale is tomorrow. Preview the sale today and save big on select Sealy, Serta, and Beautyrest mattresses. Get Simmons Queen Set starting at just $2.99 and Sealy Queen Set starting at just $4.99. Plus, get free delivery on Tempur-Pedic and more. Sleepy's has more mattress brands than anyone. So forget the amateurs, trust the pros. During Sleepy's one-day mattress sale tomorrow. Preview the sale today. Sleepy's, the only mattress professionals. 
Hey, Scarlet Knights fans, you're planning on wearing red to the next game, so why not stock up now? Barnes & Noble at Rutgers University has all the latest apparel for the 2014 season. Open seven days a week with convenient parking in the Gateway Deck. Stop by 100 Somerset Street in New Brunswick. They have all the jerseys from the Big Ten Conference teams and the latest from Nike. The store also features a great selection of apparel and hats, including items from Polo Ralph Lauren, Adidas, Under Armour, Champion and Jansport in sizes small to double X in most items. Their new 120-seat Barnes & Noble Cafe proudly brews Starbucks coffee and the second floor features a Barnes & Noble Superstore with over 60,000 titles. After the game or year-round, visit ShopScarletKnights.com. From little fans to proud alums, Barnes & Noble at Rutgers University has everything you need. Barnes & Noble at Rutgers University, your source for everything Scarlet Knights. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-360-1959. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-360-1959. Lou is one of you and will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800 800- 360-1959. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Call Term Provider, speak with Big Lou, and save on term life. Call 800-360-1959. 800-360-1959. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control of your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank accounts, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problem now by calling the experts at U.S. Tax Shield and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our Better Business Bureau A-rated team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you you can take control of your financial future. Call now for a free case review and a low price guaranteed quote to get you protected today. Call now, 800-224-2127. That's 800-224-2127. U.S. Tax Shield, 800-224-2127. Checking WCTC traffic. We have delays on 18 southbound from New Street to Old Bridge Turnpike. The parkway is slow southbound from 142 to 140. 50 mile an hour limit on the turnpike and parkway because of the weather. This report brought to you by the Foundation for a Better Life. Winston Churchill's words stirred his country in the face of defeat. Today they inspire us to reach for our own victories. Commitment, pass it on from the Foundation for a Better Life at values.com. 19 degrees, I'm Adam Walski, WCTC traffic update. Now the 1450 WCTC forecast. Watch out for a flurry or snow shower this evening. Otherwise cold tonight. Lows drop to the upper teens to around 20. Will be windy for your day Wednesday. Clouds mixed with sunshine. We could see a snow shower in the afternoon. Highs in the mid-20s. And then Wednesday night will drop into the single digits and wind chills will be below zero across the region. I'm meteorologist Mike Mahalik on 1450 WCTC. 
Now, more NJ Law Talk on 1450 WCTC and WCTCAM.com. Hello, this is attorney Ken Burkhammon from Edison, New Jersey, and we're back with NJ Law Talk. And our special guest again this week is attorney Eric Mark in talking about uh, immigration and uh, criminal defense and how that affects uh, someone who's in, in the country. So um, someone's charged with a criminal offense. Uh, Eric, uh, they've, they meet with the attorney. I'd say they retain the attorney. The attorney is required to give them a uh, retainer agreement, something in writing sets forth what the fees. The attorney then requests discovery from the prosecutor. They get the discovery. Good attorneys provide a copy to their client. Uh, I'm shocked by the number of attorneys that don't don't do that. Uh, uh, I, I I always wonder when a, when a client tells me, "Oh, my attorney didn't give me didn't give me a copy." If, um, uh, if yeah, I guess because I mean it should be more important to that 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 client than the attorney. I mean, a fellow came to see to see me. Let me see this. Oh, I don't have a copy. He goes, "Well, how do you know what's there? How can you tell?" Uh, if it's accurate or not. I mean, um, but so we uh, defense attorneys typically make different motions uh, uh, to the prosecutor. Common motions are to suppress evidence where there's no search warrant, to suppress any statements based upon Miranda and they weren't read the Miranda rights, a motion to exclude the lab test uh, in a drug case and to demand manuals. Uh, sometimes there's a motion for speedy trial um, and it's all, all different kinds of motions. But typically, Eventually, um, either th- there's there's only two things that a someone charged with a criminal offense has to decide. Number one, whether or not to take the plea or not, and the plea offer, and two, whether or not to take the witness stand at a trial. And the majority of cases are resolved by some sort of plea, and that, that's one of the reasons why I like the client to see the discovery, because they can see what the evidence is against them. Um, but, okay, someone someone pleads, uh, pleads uh, guilty. In superior in municipal court, they're sentenced the same day, um, typically. In superior court, though, they have to fill out a, a plea form and ask many questions on immigration. I yeah. know when did, they just changed it again last year, right? Yeah, there's now um, questions, magical question seventeen. I think that there's six sub questions now, I believe, on yeah. on immigration and have you consulted with an immigration lawyer? Do you want to consult with an immigration lawyer? It's it's definitely yeah. an important subject. And even in municipal court. Uh, um, a judge will make an announcement if anyone, uh, that people have a right to consult. And if the judge is not sure, sometimes I'll ask the person, are you a U.S. citizen? Uh, if no, the judge will typically say, to, to do the right thing. Let's say, do you want time to consult with an immigration attorney? And then the, pe- per- the person may say, well, should I? I and the, ju- the judge will say, well, that's asking me legal advice. I can only <laughs> tell you you have a right. I always laugh at that announcement because it's done in English to a room full of people uh, addressing immigration to people who are not citizens who may or may not speak English. So I, I think it's incumbent upon the judges to ask each person when they come up. And, and by the way, have you handled a thing called post-conviction motions to vacate guilty pleas where people were dumb enough to go and plead guilty without getting legal advice in court? Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's something that we do regularly. Um, it's sometimes because it's it's uh, a viable good option and sometimes because it's our avenue of last resort for people who who are facing removal Um, it comes up all the time um, and 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 that really reflects on the lawyers uh, because it's also their responsibility to make sure that their criminal defense clients are properly advised and that's the basis of the post-conviction relief yeah if someone if someone pleads guilty on a uh, criminal indictable charge. My office, we send them what's called a sentencing letter. 
it, remi- it and it reminds them that the court's going to do a pre-sentence report. Um, they're gonna, it's going to have their background, but I always suggest to the clients, okay, get write up 10 or 15 reasons why the judge should not impose the maximum penalty. Uh, because if it's written up, then that we can hand it up and then we can go over what what is appropriate, what may not be appropriate. Um, I'd say because no one is a good public speaker. I'd say who is not a trained public speaker. That's and if it's written, true. yeah, if it's written down, then they can we can hand it to the judge or they can read it to the judge. But if the judge is eyeball someone, he goes, "What do you want to say?" Uh, and you should always say something. You can't just say my lawyer, uh, uh, whatever my lawyer said is good for me. But we also suggest people get letters of reference. Um, if they don't have a job, get a job. Uh, and uh, you know, it's they don't have to they don't have to do that, but it, it shows the judge they're taking it seriously. Um, from an immigration standpoint, what are some of the things that um, you you want the immigra- the uh, criminal attorney to do to help you with your uh, your battle with immigration down the road? Well, I, I think the, the the biggest battle, the biggest assistance that the criminal defense lawyer can do is prior to the plea agreement. Uh, once you've entered the plea agreement, um, you're kind of handcuffed and, and you're stuck with it a lot. The one area where if you have a really tough case and maybe you've done a great job negotiating and get some serious charges down to, let's say, um, one year of uh, one year in prison, let's say, something like that, a probation 364, there's a major, major difference between one year in, proba- one year in uh, prison and probation 364 because the magic number in immigration law is one year in prison is going to start turning things into aggravated felonies. Um, so that might be one thing where we discuss with the criminal defense lawyer. Look, you know your guy's going to jail. Um, he's lucky he's not going for 10 years. Do whatever you can do to make that one day less uh, or something like that. Um, that's one of the things where we'd be able to focus on. Another thing would be on that uh, restitution number. Um, you know, get it under $10,000. Uh, make make an agreement on that. Uh, so that we can avoid that aggravated felony. Um, those those are two examples for sentencing. But um, you know the real the, I would say the real work is done before the plea. Yeah. Now, if someone pleads and the judge goes, "Okay, three years probation," uh, um, because you got a prior, he says, "Okay, I'm going to give you 364 days in jail." Uh, the attorney should really say, "You know, 363." <laughs> you know, put, put, keep keep pushing by by the dates. And well, another thing is. Um, Typically, if someone gets a 364 days, though, they most counties will only do about about a third, as long as they do what they're supposed to do in the jail, right? Right. Let's say you know they're not they're not causing fights, they're not bringing in contraband, they're not pissing off the uh, the, the the guards. Right. Let's say uh, they're not involved with the you know gang gang stuff. So if someone got 360 days, they'll do that. You know, again, 12 months. They'll typically do about about four. That's right. been my experience. Yes. Yes. And um, most, uh, at least in Middlesex County, they have like a wing for the really bad people. It was there's two the sections of people who are waiting their their case and people who have pled guilty. And there's sometimes a medical wing, sometimes it's a nonviolent wing, and uh, some of the jails also have a work release program. Um, but that's something that. We tried to explore ahead of time. Do they have a job? Let's see. Do they have a car? Because if you don't have a car, you're not going to get to the work release program, probably. Let's see. Uh, now, if someone was convicted of an aggravated felony, is there anything that they can do to avoid removal? 
Um, the options are much, much more limited for someone convicted of an aggravated felony. Uh, there, there's really only uh, a couple options. Um, one would be uh, an asylum claim. If, if they have a fear of going back to whatever, a, a valid fear of going back to whichever country they're from. And what's an example of that? I mean, no one usually wants to go back to their, their, their country unless it's the Bahamas or someplace that's really nice. Right. So, so asylum means that it's unsafe for you, that your life is in danger if you go back to your country. Um, well, you know, there's an example. Uh, is that re religious reasons? Like someone's a Christian, it's a, a Muslim country or whatever. Right. So, yeah, you're Christian going to a Muslim country or, or um, politics. You know, if you think of some of the African countries where you're on the wrong side of the political divide, um, uh, you have been a witness against uh, drug cartels in Latin America. And so if you go back there, you're going to be a target. There's all kinds of different basis for an asylum claim. But an aggravated felony, depending on the aggravated felony, could take that option even away from you um, and leave you with only the option of what's called the Convention Against Torture. Um, and the, the, the concern is the same thing, that your life would be in danger, but your burden of proof is much, much higher. Uh, and so it's much more difficult to obtain that relief to that, from removal and from being sent back to your country. Um, the only other option is if you are um, married to a U.S. citizen or have a U.S. citizen parent who um, would suffer extreme hardships uh, in your absence, there would be an, there could be a way to get a waiver of that aggravated felony, but it's a limited class and it's very difficult. So, so does that mean someone got to get married real fast and then they'd well, say the wife would have a hardship? That would look uh, they'd look at that very suspiciously if it's a recent marriage. Um, there's burden of proof for the marriage as well, not just the hardships. So um, it's it's a, it. I refer to the aggravated felonies as the death knell of immigration status. So they get so uh, I mean typically I try to advise everyone. Not to get, not to get in trouble, but uh, you know, again, no one, no one plans on having uh, some sort of issue, uh, you know, come up. When we come back from the break, uh, um, we're going to talk about what's been in the news, the uh, what's called the deferred action for childhood arrivals, deferred action for parental accountability. Uh, this is Attorney Ken Verkamen. Um, I'm from Edison, New Jersey, on Woodbridge Avenue, the same street as Middlesex County College, and uh, this is NJ Law Talk, and our office uh, website is www.njlaws.com. I'm a paid non-attorney spokesperson. When you need a lawyer, remember this. Call Ken Verkamen. No matter what your legal need may be, wills and living wills, powers of attorney, probate, estate planning, traffic matters, criminal charges, call Ken Verkamen. Mr. Verkamen is a well-known attorney with offices in Edison at 2053 Woodbridge Avenue. He's author of the American Bar Association's Wills and Estate Administration. He established njlaws.com and he's the chair of the ABA Estate Planning and Law Committee. Hundreds of clients know him for the work he's done for them or from one of his many speakers engagements around the state. Call 732-572-0500. That's 732-572-0500 for the law offices of Ken Verkamen or on the web at njlaws.com. Ken Verkamen, the lawyer you want when it's a lawyer you need. Call 732-572-0500 and leave your legal matters to Ken Verkamen. The selection of an attorney is an important decision. If you find anything false or misleading in this ad, report it to the Committee on Attorney Advertising. CN 037, Trenton, New Jersey 08625. 
life. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-360-1959. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-360-1959. Lou is one of you and will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800 800- 360-1959. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Call Term Provider, speak with Big Lou, and save on term life. Call 800-360-1959. 800-360-1959. If your vehicle has been involved in a collision or any type of unwanted contact, trust Ultimate Collision on Route 1 in Edison to get you and your car back on the road. The professionals at Ultimate provide the industry's highest quality repairs using state-of-the-art equipment and cutting-edge techniques, and they vow to provide you with an exceptional, personalized experience. Be sure to ask about Ultimate Collision's two-year Collision Guardsman program. It'll relieve the stress and out-of-pocket expenses for your vehicle repair after an accident. Collision Guardsman will reimburse you up to $500 on your covered auto deductible. Collision Guardsman is the protection plan that gives you a sense of security when going about your every everyday life. Ask for it from Ultimate Collision. Ultimate Collision specializes in storm-damaged vehicles and can make yours good as new. That's Ultimate Collision, 1115 Route 1 South in Edison. Call 732-494-1900. 732-494-1900. Checking WCTC traffic. We have a crash in Edison, 287 southbound at exit 1. More delays southbound from exit 6 to 3. And the parkway is slow, southbound from 142 to 140. This report brought to you by the Foundation for a Better Life. Winston Churchill's words stirred his country in the face of defeat. Today they inspire us to reach for our own victories. Commitment, pass it on from the Foundation for a Better Life at values.com. 19 degrees, I'm Adam Walski, WCTC Traffic Update. Now the 1450 WCTC forecast. Well, this evening we'll have a lingering flurry around, then mostly cloudy tonight, lows in the upper teens. We'll have more clouds and sunshine tomorrow, highs only in the mid-20s, and it will be windy too, so it'll feel colder than that. We'll have to watch out for a snow shower in the afternoon also. And then Wednesday night we'll drop into the single digits with wind chills below zero. I'm Mike Mahalik on 1450 WCTC. Now, more NJ Law Talk on 1450 WCTC and WCTCAM.com. Hello, this is attorney Ken Verkamen and from Edison, New Jersey, and with my special guest star, attorney Eric Mark. And uh, Eric, we were going to be talking uh, on the immigration um, term that's called deferred action for childhood arrivals. What is that? So deferred action for childhood arrivals, or DACA for short, um, is uh, what some people refer to as the Obama policy uh, or the new, um, the new guidelines for uh, essentially people who grew up, came to the United States when they were young. They had to have come uh, before age 16, um, who finished high school or obtained GED or are currently doing so. Um, who do not have disqualifying criminal history, 
Uh, essentially, they grew up in America, and but they have no legal status um, because their parents brought them here and somehow they wound up here with no legal status. And it says that we, the policy says that even though these people are technically under the law removable, uh, we the government is going to not expend its resources to remove them and is going to allow them to stay here in the United States, uh, receive a work authorization and a social security number uh, so they can be productive members of society. And that, that's uh, the uh, that's something that was a decision by President Obama, correct? That was an executive order, an executive now, action. Now we, uh, he, there's a law that says if you don't have legal status, they can re- remove you. Let's say, but he's the he's in a way the he's the boss of the attorney general, so he's really the chief police officer of the whole country. That's it. He's oh. he's the same as the police chief in New York City is the top cop in New York. President Obama or whoever the president is is the top cop of the United States, it's, and uh, he can he can dictate a policy on how the laws and how the um, the funding is going to be spent. And if Congress isn't happy, uh, that's that's their tough luck. They can act. Yeah. Congress Congress can always act. They have the ability to pass a law and. Um, you know, I looked at, at, at the recent personal opinion here. I looked at the, the recent action almost as like a challenge to Congress. Hey, look, we've been talking about this for years. Do something about it. You know, because, I mean, I see, I, I sometimes feel bad. Anyone who tells me that they can't find a job, I say, listen, I see some guy war, uh, riding his bicycle in a rainstorm in January, and he's coming from work. So he's working hard because he wants to support his family. So no one should should ever say I can't find maybe it's not the job you want you know but guys like us we always worked hard yeah. you know I, I worked as a bus boy and uh, you know I, I did all kinds of lie and and you know what I meet now uh, I wind up having to meet clients all the time on on Saturdays and Sundays because they work 12 hours a day six days a week um, there's job there's always jobs out there if yeah. you're willing to do them oh by the way one of the things uh, common in uh, criminal law talk is a thing called the expungement where uh, under you can uh, have the attorney file a petition to expunge a criminal conviction and you got to wait uh, on a disorderly person's offense five years on a, a criminal offense typically 10 although they change the law if someone was a boy scout and they can convince the judge how great they are I'd say yeah um, how does how does the fact that a criminal charge expunged does that affect immigration at all not at all zero percent so even even though it's removed from the state court system and there it's a disorderly person's offense to even disclose that, federal government says we don't care because the charge was already made, right? Yeah, that's 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 it in a nutshell. The, you know, even though an expungement doesn't make the files go away, they still exist, and so the government, law enforcement, and courts can still see it, um, and so it's still there for the, for your immigration. And an expungement I mean, is a nightmare from an immigration lawyer's perspective. If it's been done before you're applying for an immigration benefit. Because sometimes you're better off having something lesser and at least you, can get, you can't get the records. You can't get the records. Mm-hmm. And, and yet the burden, is on, the burden is on the non-citizen to submit the records and prove their eligibility. If you can't get the records, it, it's a much more difficult process to do. I mean, for, for citizens that, that have criminal charges, say, listen, go for the expungement because you, know, you get it now. They could change the law to make it more difficult. You never know. Uh, now, another thing on immigration I wanted to touch upon was uh, what is deferred action for parental accountability? So that is the companion deferred action policy that <clears throat> President Obama uh, passed or ordered recently in November. 
Um, and this one addresses parents of United States citizen children and lawful permanent resident children. And, and the goal is to keep families together. Um, it is essentially what it says. It has some of the similar requirements. But if you've been here for more than five years, if, you, if you've been in the United States for more than five years, you have a child who is a United States citizen or permanent resident, and you do not have any disqualifying criminal history. You are, um, even though you are removable from the United States, um, the government is not going to do that, and they're going to allow you to apply for a work authorization. What's a disqualifying criminal history? There's a few categories of offenses. Of course, aggravated felonies, um, crimes of moral turpitude, um, what they call significant misdemeanors. Um, which are a special category created just under this deferred action policy. It's not anything statutory. Um, there's, a, there's separate guidelines for what is a significant misdemeanor. It includes DWIs. Um, it includes anything where you've served more than uh, 90 days in jail. It includes possess, uh, drug possession with intent um, uh, where it's not a felony, so that doesn't really apply in New Jersey, but other states have laws like that. Um, fall into what's called a significant misdemeanor. Let's see. Let's see. Um, now, how does uh, someone benefit if, again, if they have a U.S. citizen child? Uh, if, if they, and they, they're charged with a criminal offense, because we were talking about criminal offenses before. Right. Well, I mean, the U.S. citizen child is a prerequisite for the deferred action status. Um, so if you have that, then let's say you're, you're, you're currently facing an offense, uh, a charge in municipal court or criminal or superior court, you're, you're going to want to resolve that charge to one of the non-disqualifying categories. Um, and that's why it's important, you know, to discuss your status uh, with your criminal defense lawyer and bring in an immigration lawyer to review it so that you can preserve that eligibility. I mean, some, some people, they don't want to, you know, they don't want to be honest with the lawyer, but I guess we need to know that ahead of time. Yeah, if we don't know, mm -hmm. we can't help you. You know, and it, does, it doesn't help if, uh, you know, if after someone pleads guilty, says, will this affect whatever, and it goes, of course, you know, someone pleads guilty to something, will this affect my nursing license? Well, of course it will. <laughs> course. Will this affect my teaching license? Well, of course it will. Why didn't you say that ahead of time? Well, I was embarrassed. Um, so that's good. Well, let's, I, I'd like to uh, thank Attorney Eric Mark for being here tonight. Uh, Eric, uh, where's your law office and what's your law office phone number? Uh, we're in Newark, New Jersey and Jersey City, uh, and the, op the number is 973-453-2009. Let's see. Very good. Thank you, uh, Eric, and uh, thank you, everyone. This is Ken Verkamen, uh, uh, Edison, New Jersey attorney, and uh, we're here every week, and uh, um, we talk about different criminal uh, probate, real estate, and next week is our, uh, is our real estate show and talking about what happens to sell the house if someone passes. Thank you.